This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Calling anybody on this frequency, this is Helicopter 40 Alpha. If you can hear me, please listen carefully. Keep it down, please. Yes. I, 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 hey, shh. Shh. Thank you. No, come on, stop. That's enough. Please. It's enough. Turn it off. Turn it off, man. Turn it off. <laughs> what is what is happening here? What alternate reality are we in? We're three weeks in a row. Three weeks. There's a new episode of Age Revisited. That's not, right. Not just not just on your assaulting your ear earwaves. That's a new word I just made up. That's right. Uh, in podcast form, but also audio audiovisual, audiovisual arts. Yeah. I have a minor on that at LSU from many years ago. Finally using it. Yep. <laughs> professor would be proud. Anyway, I am, of course, your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my the dead to my day, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And we're going to talk about, in case you didn't guess or see or read. Well, of course, if you're listening, right, you naturally didn't do any of that. However, but our... Fortunate viewers on YouTube happen to see that we were watching a clip from George Romero's 1985 masterpiece, in my opinion, Day of the Dead. Full movie available on YouTube. So if you haven't seen it, there's really no excuse. And widescreen glory. Extreme widescreen. Which is why the YouTube viewers got to see a bit of a toolbar in that, <laughs> I guess. Is the well, I told the story. Of, of I mean, the watching. title. <laughs> yeah. So they may be able to find it easy. We're just, help, we're just yeah, helping yeah. you out. But anyway, of course, this this is the last episode of 2018's Halloween Horror. Oh wow, we're finally here. We're finally here, and then gosh, I hope 2019's better than this. <laughs> Find out next week <laughs> when Halloween Horror starts for 2019. But more on that at the Ooh, end next week. So that's a promise. Yeah, maybe I should <laughs> maybe I should backpedal a bit. We hope to get to it very soon. Right. Put it to you that way. So <laughs> thanks for joining us if you're watching and if you're listening. As always, thanks for tuning back in. Uh, like I said, Day of the Dead released July 19, 1985. IMDb says it's a 7.2. Rotten Tomatoes, 83% critics, 75% audience. Uh, the budget was estimated at 3.5, which is half of what they originally were going to give Romero. Opened at 1.7 million, which was good for the number 12 spot. Just in case you thought it was a billion. <laughs> you had to clarify. And just, just to make sure, this is $1985. Yeah. Today, that's like $13 trillion. It's true. But anyway, it opened at number 12. Uh, if you look at Box Office Mojo, which is where I do happen to look when I look try to find the best, most accurate uh, box office totals for these films, it had extremely stiff, haha, get it, competition. Mm -hmm. uh, number one that week, again, was Back to the Future, yes. followed right behind it by the re-release of E.T., uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome was number three, and rounding out the other... Nine movies above it were Rambo First Blood Part 2 was one of them, and uh, Cocoon, I think, was up there, too. So, I mean, it had some very, very tough blockbusters to deal with. Uh, all legendary films in their own regard. 
nonetheless. Uh, domestically, we'll go on to gross five million, so it did make 1.5. Uh, and it was, of course, a cult status film, directed by the late, great George Romero, as mentioned before, and also written by George Romero. But, of course, George Romero directed Dawn, Night, Land, Diary, Survival, and, of course, what we're talking about today, Day of the Dead. The Crazies, Martin, he wrote uh, Creepshow 2, and, of course, Night, Day, Dawn, Land, Diary, Survival. He also wrote the Stephen King adaptation of The Dark Half and Monkey Shines. Monkey. So, he can write a little bit more than, you know, zombie movies. Yeah. Uh, he's not, I mean, of course, that's... Whenever, if you ask anybody to name a George A. Romero movie, ninety-nine point nine 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 of them will name an Of the Dead movie, by far. I mean, that's his opus. That's his lasting impression on society is gifting to the you know that kind of zombie to the horror community and the film world. Uh, the cinematography in this one is notable because it was Michael Gornick, and I bring him up simply because as I'm watching this film, I, I mentioned to my wife that you know. In the cave scene in the end where our heroes are running through the cave when everything's quickly going to hell. Uh, a lot of that uh, blue foreground lighting, red background lighting. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, this looks just like the Crate episode of Creepshow. Sure enough, Mr. Uh, what did I say his name was? Uh, Michael Gornick was, in fact, the cinematographer on Creepshow. So that kind of red and... Uh, as opposed to, you know, lighting it for, you know, a, the more naturalistic lighting of Dean Cundy from Halloween. He has the very, uh, very, you know, blue over here, red over here, and that's nighttime. Even though there's pretty much no red lights around. Although, in this one, there are red lights in the cave. I'm not going to say there's not. But, uh, nevertheless, I wouldn't say he's a bad cinematographer. I mean, he did Dawn of the Dead. Uh, but, I mean, they're in a mall, a lot of mall lights in there. So, I will not say he's anything special, but he's not bad. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much the big hits of his career. But this film, uh, the music, I'll, I would be remiss without mentioning the music. I love the soundtrack of this film. Very synthy, very 80s. Uh, it's, in its own way, it's, it's, I mean, it's exceptionally dated, but it's also really creepy in its own regard. Just, just that like menacing like 80s synth music. Just like, okay. It's like we heard at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, by itself, I mean, if you, like, if you just listen to the soundtrack, which of all the Of the Dead movies, I, this is the, I mean, a lot of people like Dawn of the Dead. You know, they put that on a really high pedestal. Not taking anything away from that film. But uh, Day of the Dead is my personal favorite of the original trilogy and actually all the other ones that came after it. Uh, it's just, you know, he's not, he's not getting... A, I'm not going to say pretentious. That's a, little, that's a little pretentious to say that Dawn and Night are pretentious. But, I mean, Night dealt with racism and that kind of stuff. Dawn deals with consumerism and Day is pretty much... In, in, it, actually, watching Day of the Dead now, it's pretty much about how white males are assholes to every other. It's Even just Trumpism. I mean, honestly, he predicted I mean, the future, 85. Uh, I mean, the white men in this movie are the most alpha male privileged people I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> honestly, with the exception of uh, the Englishman, I forget, his, what's his name? Uh, McDermott. Uh, but I mean, they're I mean, just blatantly racist, demeaning to the one, uh, the one woman of the film, played by... Uh, anyway, well, hold on. I'm sorry. Let me let me the music. Let me finish that because this the gentleman that did the music for this film is John Harrison. Uh, he he also did the music for Creepshow one and two. He wrote Dune, not the film, but uh, George Smithy, uh, aka David Lynch, directed uh, Alan Smithy. Excuse me, not George Smithy. Uh, but the Sci-Fi Channel version, which was actually pretty decent, pretty closer adaptation of the book. I liked it at least, and also several episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. And he wrote the Disney film Dinosaur. So, however, he's also a director. 
Yeah, recently he direct uh, he directed Tales from the Dark Side of the movie. There's, you're gonna see a lot of people in this film also worked on Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, mainly the TV show, obviously, and some of the movie. But also, to keep it current and to tie into the Back to the Future segment of this episode, he also is directing two new episodes of the new, brand new, literally today, Creepshow anthology on Shudder. So, uh, looking forward to that. I've already looked forward to two of the episodes because it started today, and that's what I watched before I came over here to record. Spoiler for the Back to the Future segment. Good thing we waited this long. Exactly. I was like, I got just enough time. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Lori Cardill, I hope that's how you pronounce her last name, was Sarah. She was in an episode of Tales from the Dark Side, as I mentioned. Uh, you're going to see that a lot. Uh, you know, little bits, bit parts here and there. You know, she didn't go on to do too, too much beyond this. I mean, she is known for this. She goes through conventions because she was in Day of the Dead. Yeah. She's that kind of actress. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Just, I mean, she made a mark in a film, very important cult film. So that's what's carrying her. Kind of like Barry Boswood, fantastic actor, but when he goes to conventions, he's going as, hey, it's Brad from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, not the mayor from Spin City, or I can't think of anything else he was in. <laughs> things. But yeah, he's, a, he's a fine actor in that regard. Uh, Terry Alexander is John. He was also in Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts, I believe. But he did a lot of TV, a lot of like parts in this show, that show. Uh, uh, probably one of the most notable people from this film in terms of just... His character in the film is Joseph Pilato. He's Rhodes, the big bad. Uh, probably he probably has the most famous zombie death of or death by zombie from any film. The, this is his death in this film is the one that when people think of Day of the Dead, they usually think of that scene. Is is Rhodes' death because it's I mean for 1985 yeah. and even today it's still pretty damn brutal. And it's just, it's horrible. It's horrific. I mean, it's, again, today they probably use CG, unless, of course, Nicotero was doing it. And it'd be uh, practical, just like it was in this one, along with Tom Savini. But nevertheless, strangely enough, Joseph Pilato, as Rhodes, was also a police officer in Day of the Dead, no, excuse me, Dawn of the Dead, which leads, leads to a theory, which we'll get into in the trivia. So just keep that in the gray matter of your head. Gray matter, if you watched the first episode of Creep Show, there's a little. Reference for you there, but uh, he was also in Wishmaster, ugh, which I think I mentioned last episode is one of the worst '90s horror movies with such big net. With you got Robert Englund, England Kane Hodder, uh, Wes Craven tied to that movie, and that movie is such garbage. I watched it not too long ago, like I mentioned, I believe last episode. Some of the worst, like I mean, it looks like an episode of Reboot from the '90s, like but uh, with live action people. Like, <laughs> the effects are just so bad, just like oh my god. It's just such in that period where there were so many bad, you know, at the time, like, oh, this is cool. And then, like, you know, a year or two later, like, yeah, I can't believe I like that. This is really bad. Wishmaster's one of those. But uh, he also did a ton of cartoon voice acting. And sorry to say, he actually passed away this very year on March 24th. Uh -huh. So he pretty recently passed away. Another thing, if we did the podcast last year, you wouldn't have been able to say. That's right. So... Sorry, Richard. Let me know, Joseph. Uh, anyway, Richard Liberty, that's where I got that from. Uh, he was Logan. Uh, he was also in Fly of the Navigator and Just Cause. Uh, and then Sherman Howard, pretty much probably one of the most iconic actual zombies in films, uh, was, I'll be honest with you, until I did my notes for this film, I always thought he was called Bob in the movie. Bob this, Bob oh. that. No, it's Bub. Bub. Now it now it says it right in the opening credits, but I never caught that it was Bub and not Bob because I swear to God, everybody in this film calls it. It sounds like they're saying Bob. Bub. Oh, look at it, not Bub. I mean, it's a pretty distinct Bob Bub. Hello, Bub. 
but I, sw- I swear to God, and like comp- you know, revoke my horror fan card until you know I was this many day years old. I was today years old when I learned that Bob was actually literally called Bub, hmm. even though it's it is, is right again. There? It is yeah. <laughs> that's but no, no, that's Bub. Bob looks yeah. different. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it says it in the opening credits uh, that his name's Bub, and uh, when I was actually paying attention to every little detail. Of this I was like, why does it say Bub? And then, like, of course, I'm watching the movie. Everybody's like, Bob, this. Oh, here, Bob. You know, I mean, of course, accents. These are northern accents yeah. coming into play. It's easy to... It definitely sounds like Bob to me. However, it is Bub. So there's your Jeopardy question. What's up, Bub? Exactly, because the doctor's called Logan, yeah. and he's called Bub. <laughs> Yet, there's not a single thing, like, in trivia or anything that says that that was any, any relation or anything. Well, they probably just didn't say a word. Well, so, you don't need to. This will be my quiet yeah. homage. <laughs> I can see Romero with his big ass glasses. Yeah. <laughs> like laughing. <laughs> I just read an X Men comic. Yeah. Yeah. So it pans over and there's like X Men number 136 or something. Like, eh. Or Random yeah. Variety, they're casting Wolverine. <laughs> Danny DeVito? <laughs> or, uh, no, uh, no, no. In the 80s, the original one that they were talking about, when, like way back in the day, was strangely enough Bob Hoskins. Yeah. That's who, in all uh-huh. honesty, I think would have done a badass job. Because yeah. he wasn't tubby like, you You say Bob Stocking. Hoskins, what do you think of? You think of Rod, most people think of Roger Rabbit. For yeah. like, that's the first image of Bob Hoskins that pops in my head. Yeah. Or uh, the wall. Uh, but I mean, Bob Hoskins, I think, could have done a pretty, pretty good Wolverine, I'd have to say, you know, if, that, if that movie actually existed in the 80s. Mm. As long as they got Tom Zemini to do all the effects and everything, it probably would have been pretty damn great. But anyway, Sherman Howard was Bub. Uh, tons and tons of voice acting. And episode of Tales from the Dark Side, by the way. But uh, most notably, his voice acting credits, uh, Red Dead Redemption, uh, The Old Republic. And uh, as a fellow Seinfeld fan, Jesse, you'd appreciate he was Roy in the Junior Mint episode wow. of Seinfeld. It's a Junior Mint! <laughs> And then Gary Howard Clark was Steele. He was also in Three Men and a Baby, so he's Very technically a veteran of the podcast. He was also in Big and Married to the Mob. And when I say he was in these three films, he was officer number one, detective, man in corner. Yeah. Uh, he was not he was not a leading man. Yeah. Uh, he was although in this film he's pretty good because he starts off as an alpha white male and then as things are going mm. to shit, he's like, God, I was such a dumbass for following this guy. And then he gets his just desserts when he eats a bullet. Mm-hmm. Uh, F. Conroy was McDermott. He was also in True Grit, the Jeff Bridges one, not the John Wayne one, which, you know, I talk shit about remakes, you know, a good bit of them, you know, because there's, mm-hmm. there's more bad than good, but the True Grit remake, I, didn't, I never saw the original until after I saw the Jeff Bridges one, because I'm, I'm not an old, old Western fan like that. My dad was growing up, but I didn't really care about it when there was Star Wars and Superman and Willow and all this other stuff to watch. Way more exciting than, you know, John Wayne. But everybody loves John Wayne. Yeah. Older people love John Wayne. Some younger people love John Wayne. But anyway, true, the original True Grit is so bad. It's just <laughs> like, thank God they remade this because it's so much better now. Mm. Just my opinion. Now I'm one of the older of our older baby boomer listeners to oh have a heart attack because Trey didn't like John Wayne <laughs> with the original True Grit. But the remake is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that and the big controversy about the original one, uh, a little Western trivia for uh, I guess I don't know, the original one was I guess in the fifties maybe for fifties revisited was that a lot of people could, John Wayne won the Oscar for that. There's no way in hell he should have got an Oscar for that role. Mm. A lot of people say that that was kind of like a 
That's probably like a lifetime, lifetime achievement. That's like, hey, we're rec- we're recognizing you for this film because you're John Wayne. Right. And of course, Jeff Bridges was nominated for it as well. Well deserved. I'm pretty sure he didn't win. Because uh, that would have been like a role that would have been like. No, wait, what did, what did Jeff Bridges win for? It wasn't too uh, great, though. We can tell you that. Because he won, and that's kind of what really like made him like in everything again. What was? What am I thinking of? Crazy when, Heart. Yep, that's it. Yep. And after Crazy Heart, it was all over the place. Yeah. Kind of like that was the one. Like, oh, Jeff Bridges is still alive and doing movies. <laughs> Duh! He never stopped. He's always been a great actor. Yep. Go watch Arlington Road or Tron or Starman. There's a big gap in time between his nominations. Of course, now he's getting nominated. Every time he's in something. Yeah. Kai should have won for Hell or High Water. That was so good. <laughs> you see, anytime I, that's a movie, whenever I, somebody mentions it, I immediately just feel like I want to go watch it. It's yeah. such a good movie. Anyway, back to the zombies. Wow, less, oh no, just 0.4 higher than Day of the Dead. Nominated for four Oscars. Deservingly so. Absolutely. And I didn't realize the guy that did that was also the one that did um, Taylor Sheridan. He did, uh, shit, um, I'm not saying, I'm sorry, uh, David McKenzie. Uh, did uh, oh what was it with Jeremy Renner the rec- river Wind River I think all right no I'm maybe confusing uh, him with somebody no nope, maybe it's the writer the list. then who am I maybe go to Taylor Sheridan maybe that's what I'm thinking of yes Wind River okay that's the writer yeah because yeah Sicario Hell High Water Wind River that, that's what I was thinking of yeah so he's pretty good pretty good pretty damn good writer also director directed Wind River mm, very good. Good job. Keep it up. Anyway. Jerry Runner. Autumn <laughs> was telling me he was actually a makeup artist before he was an actor. I didn't know that. He's got some weird things going on with him. Like, uh, did you know he had an app where you can, it was his own social network that was just to talk to Jeremy Runner. <laughs> and you had to, like, That's buy. That's awesome, though. Yeah, they shut it down because a bunch of trolls got into it. <laughs> he didn't have Troll Trace? Plenty of no. trace active. <laughs> no, not on his own app. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. A bunch of people signed up as Jeremy Renner. It's like you think they would have blocked that one name. <laughs> That's the only name they need to block. <laughs> yeah. It's Jeremy Renner. <laughs> but so, nope, a bunch of people signed up as Jeremy Renner. And that is so Took it fun. down. That yeah, is awesome. Put that up later. <laughs> See, sometimes trolls do good things. <laughs> well, I mean, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, that, well, how, why is that not a film? These I days, know. I mean, it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. But uh, Greg Nicotero himself acted in this film as Johnson, of course, makeup guru, showrunner for the new Creepshow series and The Walking Dead, pretty much. And I would say probably the heir apparent in terms of, you know, makeup, artistry, or special effects, horror effects to Tom Savini. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's kinda, that kind of runs it down. Yes, your line's way further back than that now. <laughs> than the IMDb photo? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> He's one of, like he's like Hulk Hogan. Like there comes a point where you just you just gotta cut it. You just gotta <laughs> shave it or something because it looks like it's just sliding off the back of your head. And I ain't one to talk. I'm about to hit forty. <laughs> but it's just like you know there comes a point where it's just like you just keep it short. Right. Just. I mean, it's just like it's like somebody pulled his head too like pulled his ponytail. <laughs> and he's like, like that's what's that because <laughs> the weight of the long hair. Yeah, it's just pulling it back. It's just slowly uh, pulling it off. No, but all kidding aside, fan, you know, legendary makeup artist. He actually redid the uh, Bruce, the junkyard Bruce shark from Jaws that was in uh, 
for the uh, Academy of Motion Picture Science Museum that's going to be opening up soon. Mm. That's pretty cool. So anyway, Donut Day of the Dead, excuse me, keep saying, keep, it's easy to get them confused sometimes. Jesse, have you ever seen Day of the Dead? Not to my recollection. I'm sure you probably, if you've seen any kind of like clip show about horror movies, you've seen clips from it for sure. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, there's Romero is known for like the iconic scenes in his zombie movies. I mean, the end of Night of the Living Dead, the first time you see it, you're just like, what the hell just happened? Uh, the uh, blood splattering on the spade, that kind of thing. And Dawn, I mean, just so much when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. The, uh, the helicopter decapitation by the zombie, that kind of thing. And this one, though, I mean, uh, the hands coming out of the wall, the dream sequence in the beginning. Like I mentioned, Rhodes' death. I mean, pretty much everybody that gets killed by a zombie in this film is just fucking brutal. Right. Like, uh, I still, like, one of the most visual, like, one of the most horrific horror movie effects that has always stuck with me, stuck with me, uh, in addition to Rhodes' scene in this one, but is actually, uh, excuse me, Dawn of the Dead. At the very beginning, we're raiding that tenement, tenement building. And uh, this dude's like, his wife runs to him and hugs him. He's a zombie, and he like bites into her shoulder blade and like just pulls out a chunk. I mean, it's hor- it. You know, it's fake. I mean, it's obviously sure. fake. But I mean, like as a child, you're just like, what the hell? Right. And then there's every time when zombies are you know, just like The Walking Dead today. But this one, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it could be because it's just the dated effects. I don't know the grit of the film uh, that they're using. You know, it's, it's not an HD. You know, it's it's. It's remastered, but I mean, it's not like it is as not it is not as high res or clear as an episode of The Walking Dead today, to where like you see, you know, much clearer what it is, as opposed to where it's just I don't know, it's a little dirtier. If that makes sense in this movie, like when like when they're doing it, it feels a little more honestly a little more realistic because uh, I don't know, may, just to me at least, just watching it, it's still like oh oh that would hurt so bad. Oh my god, and, you know the blood the blood the blood looks like blood, real blood. I mean, yeah. they have the, the sh- they, you know, Savini can get the shade right and everything, you know, as opposed to some things. There's no CG splatter. Speaking of mm. the greatest zombie kill, sorry, kid, some kid, little kid's like, oh my god, and I'm like running in their parents' room screaming, joke on him. That was ad- that was an ad lib line, by the way. Great line though. And there's also another scene earlier that's, you know, uh, the first time I watched this film because I always heard about this scene. This is not this is not a scene that was ever shown on television. Of you had to watch, you had to rent it or you know HBO something like that to even see this movie in any form or fashion to its actual presentation. I mean, they would do the I remember, I don't think I've ever seen Day or Dawn of the Dead like a TV version. I can't recall. It was always something I had to go out and like rent the two VHS unrated Dawn of the Dead director's cut. Uh, and stuff like that, but you know, I'd always see, of course, the original. Actually, the one that was on most, especially on USA Up all night, was actually the remake of Night of the Living Dead with Tony, with Tony Todd, who actually auditioned for the role of John in this film, which would have been fantastic. And then tied it back. You know, had he gotten this role, would he have been cast in the remake? Maybe, maybe not. But it could have been an odd bit of synchronicity there. But uh, anyway, Day of the Dead. Just the, there's another. Well, I was getting. I was noticing earlier where they basically same kind of format where our YouTube viewers can see where it's, you know you're looking at this angle, but they don't rip them in half. They just rip the head off, mm-hmm. like they just pull the head off. Really, I mean, still looks great, but then that, you're like, oh god, dang, that must be what I was talking about. Nah, you get to the roads part, and it's like that is the most brutal, brutal thing I've ever at that point. 
right. and probably in film at that time had ever seen. Because the thing is about the these rare zombie movies is especially especially day is they're really have it was one of the first films I can remember like entrails. Usually in horror movies, you just, you know, oh, I'm stabbed, and, you know, they're squeezing the blood squib, or, like, you know, they, yeah. they squirt them with blood, and like, oh, oh, God, eh. and they're just covered in blood, or, you know, prosthetics, that kind of thing. But, uh, and honestly, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm a novice horror historian, I'd say that, maybe a little, that once intermediate horror historian, but, uh, you know, uh, I think you know between Dawn, I mean, excuse me, Day of the Dead, and all the entrails and that. I can't remember one offhand until honestly, uh, Scream, that opening, uh, the opening kills in Scream where they were disemboweled, and I was like, holy shit! I remember, I remember watching Scream in the theater, and being like, wow, I haven't seen shit like that in forever. Mm. I mean, probably could have been since 1985. I can't, off the top of my head, on the spot, live on the air, I can't think of another one between that time without really sitting and looking and thinking where you had such, you know, graphic violence. Now, Friday 13th Part 3, that was after this, but I mean, it had like one little, you know, really wet like It wasn't graphic to where it's like intestines hanging out everywhere. It was more like he's cut in half, this little red piece is some internal organ or something like that. But uh, yeah, so Day of the Dead was like, that was like the one, like I was excited when I found the, the VHS at the time to watch it. And it did not disappoint. I was like, wow, this is, why, why does nobody love this one? Like, why is this one not talked about as much as Dawn and everything? But of course, you know, the, I mean, the, the subtext of uh, Night and Dawn outweigh kind of the, uh, you know, almost not, action movie feels kind of a little bit discredited because, I mean, this is, this is like the ultimate, you know, this is the close of his trilogy, at that time, trilogy. Day, uh, night, Dawn, Day. You know, there was no afternoon of the dead or brunch of the dead, midnight, <laughs> second of the breakfast dead. of the yeah. dead. <laughs> Jason Hot. It's like it takes place in New Zealand while they're filming Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, second breakfast. But, you know, I mean, of course, night for its time, groundbreaking revolutionary. You know, there, now and think Night of the Living Dead was in the 60s, and then Dawn comes out in the 70s. This comes out in the 80s. So, what a great progression mm -hmm. of film tech, you know, technology. Society, everything just like in each one kind of culminates. So that's why they were. It was it's, it's such a solid trilogy. Is it really tied together? I mean, there are, again, there are theories as to where you know what it is, and like uh, I heard, because again, I don't the, the 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 ones beyond this. Land is is pretty is great because of Dennis Hopper, but that's about it. But I mean, that's definitely way in the future. So I'd always assume they had, like night obviously was the start, mm -hmm. and then and then dawn had to take place like you know. Maybe a month or you know, sometime in re closer to that than what day is, because day seems like everybody's been decimated. They're just looking for survivors and they're holed up. And then land is like where society's rebuilt with, you know, it's like what was it in Walking Dead? The uh, the um, the house, you know, the housing community they had. I forgot the, what they called it. Whatever. It was sort of like that. They were at that stage, and that was like Walking Dead season. I don't can't remember that shit. Six or <laughs> what I mean, something, you know. So I mean, it's like the there's obviously got to be some progression. But I was reading something the other day where they said like in Diary of the Dead, in which everybody has not cell phones but like GoPros and stuff because it's like a found footage take on it. It's supposed to be taking place at the same time as night, but there's none of that technology in Night of the Living Dead. So True. that doesn't make you know. I don't. Again, this is something I read. I don't know because I haven't like I researched don't buy it. it. Because again, to me, there it's the of the dead trilogy, night, dawn, day. Yeah. The other ones are, you know, superfluous, you know, side stories, if you will, so to speak. To, 
other thing. But again, the important thing is there is no like there is no running narrative except you know how you know because Romero started that like zombies are uh, uh, it's a uh, you know it, it's it's not the zombies that you have to worry about it's people. Yeah, it's all, that's what it always comes down to. It's not that's always what's gonna no matter what happens hurricane. Earthquake, volcano, you can, you know, zombies. You can survive that pretty easy. You can, you can survive a zombie, except the Walking Dead ones, where you're in a, you're in a woods, the woods covered with sticks and leaves, and yet they still sneak up on you. Yeah, like you turn around in hordes. Yeah, like oh god. But, you know, so. But anyway, Day of the Dead uh, is just, and again, in my opinion, it is the best of of all of, of Romero's films. In my opinion, it's the one I will go to and watch them. I mean, you know. In terms of importance, Night is probably his most important, like, you know, that's the film critic response. Oh, Night of the Living Dead is a masterpiece. Absolutely. Groundbreaking film. But Day of the Dead is the one that I'm going to watch 90% of the time. Also, because Dawn is like three fucking hours long, whereas Night, I mean, a day is 88 minutes, like barely an hour and a half in, it moves. There's a lot of fluff cut. Now, however, the original script was way longer than that, which we'll get into in just a few minutes. But nevertheless, Day of the Dead is just, it's, you know, this is the one, like, if you want to, sh if, if not, if, like we were talking about with Friday the 13th a couple episodes ago, if you're talking to somebody who's not a horror fan, has never seen Night, Dawn, or Day, I'd show them Day first. Because Night, they're going to be like, oh, this is old, this is black. And most people these days aren't open-minded enough to watch a black and white film, uh, you know, which is why a lot of the younger and again, not all y'all, because I know some of y'all are watching. Some of y'all have good heads on your shoulders. You know, but like, people look at the Universal Monsters and stuff and be like, oh, that's so stupid. Like, no, nah, I mean, you know, by today's standards, absolutely. But again, in the 30s, this was, this was the Marvel Cinematic Universe of the 30s when you talk about the Universal Monsters. That was a gigantic franchise in the 30s of films that are still lauded and hailed as some of the best, you know, again... Are they really some of the best ever made by today, you know, in 2019? No. But they paved the way. You have to respect what they did. Whether you, you, know, you, you have to appreciate them. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you shouldn't dismiss them. It's just like, you know, oh, you know, uh, I don't know. Like all that crap from the 90s. All that was inspired. Well, you know, you, you could trace everything back. I know what you did last summer. Uh, what was the other one around that time? Urban Legend. All those kind of Wishmaster, even to a degree. Those were all that all came horror came back into vogue because of Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson making Scream. Scream came into being because of Jason Lives and Halloween, which came into being from Psycho. And you in Black Christmas, I mean it just goes back, back, and back and back. And then people watch Psycho, they go, oh, that's so stupid. It's slow. It looks so oh, that's that's a dumb effect. Of course it is. That was the fifties. Yeah. There is no CG. There is a, a, a projector behind people falling downstairs. You can't make movies like, you, you know, people are, and everybody is to a degree, and I, I understand that, but yeah, it's just, my, my, my point is, you have to have that appreciation for what's come before. Because uh, that's what, in the 1960s, you know, I, thought it was, I thought it was like 58, 57, if I had they, to guess. They made it in the 50s. Technically, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's still one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> you know, and what, how are the special effects done? Through editing? Yep. And, you know, the title shot or the shot right there on the trailer, the famous scene where it turns to, you faintly see his mother because Hitchcock's a goddamn genius. It's just a camera fade. That's the extent of special effects for the most part in Psycho. Yeah. Camera angles, editing, I mean, it's, it's genius. That's why when people look at Hitchcock, and that's why he gets that reference. Whether, you know, I don't like every Hitchcock film. I watch The Birds, it's just like, I get what you're saying, but it, this is just a boring movie. 
Although it's got its parts, it has its moments. I see why it's lauded. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then when you go back and watch like, some of the, uh, like again, Night of the the original, classic. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it because it's one of the, it's one of those great horror movie endings. Dawn of the Dead, you know, again, it, it, that's, that's more of a, not socioeconomic, because that sounds really stupid to say that, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it has a, you know, it has a consumerism angle on it, which about how, you know, the, where the zombies end up? At a mall. Nowadays, nobody gets that because malls are dying. It's not the same these days. Hmm. Uh, you know, so we're like, I mean, when we were kids, where are you going? Oh, it's Friday night. Yeah, we're going to go, we're going to eat at Poncho's and we head to the mall, baby. Punch you'll walk the mall and you know that's what you know that was what you do the mall was always the place to be you go to church on sunday go to eat by the mall and then you go to the mall yep now of course kids we'd be in spaceport playing video games our parents are doing the consumerism thing mm-hmm. and that's what he's saying in that film but uh yeah day of the dead though there's just <laughs> watching it in 2019 in, in the in the shadow of you know all the uh sex scandals and me too and all that it's just like yep I think, I think that's I think that's what this one's about. It's all leading it's up a, to that. It really is. I mean, it's just I mean, it's it's just so like this is exactly what some people are talking about when they say things like that. Just a long uh, time ago, too. Yeah, in '85. I mean, again, this these aren't old concepts. You know, a lot of these basic things, you know, of males uh, be, thinking that they're dominant over uh, women, and then white males thinking they're dominant over minorities has been since the dawn of time. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not an old thing. I mean, is it relevant today? Absolutely. It's still going on. Look at America. How mm-hmm. fucked up America is. It's all going over there. But now that you get to the political side, Day of the Dead, again, uh, what was that long little tangent there? A little political. Sorry about that. But, you know, this is the one that... <laughs> the UK some, listeners, they're fine. Yeah, they like that. They like to they know, know that. They like to know that not all Americans are, you know, <laughs> Trump worshippers or right. Bernie sycophants. Uh <laughs> Equal time, how does he give each of them an insult? <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, this is the, I guess, if I had a friend, you've never seen a Friday the 13th, I'd show him six. If I had a friend, I've never seen a zombie movie in my entire life. Let's watch Day of the Dead, I'm going to blow your fucking mind. And then I'm going to watch them. Here's your barf bag. Here's your tums. Here's your breath mint. Because this is, this is a zombie movie. Yeah. This is, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, Night created it. Dawn, you know, gave it... A brain so to speak and then but day is just like this is what every this is what most every zombie movie and zombie idea of zombie of the of the zombie after it came from except rob zombie fuck that guy just kidding uh you know so this you know to me they're all three of them are equally iconic for what they brought to the table and what they did because there would be no zombie movie without night of the living dead as we know it there were zombie movies before Night of the Living Dead, but it was more of the voodoo-type zombie kind of thing, for the most part. Again, I'm an intermediate horror film historian. I haven't seen every black-and-white horror film. I can't tell you the exact dates. I've watched Eli Ross' History of Horror. I've watched hundreds of horror movies. Uh, so that's where all this knowledge is coming from. I haven't written any books, so I can't claim that. Uh, let's see, White Zombie Plague of Zombies, Night of the Living Dead, 68. But see, most of those were more like the mind control you know, yeah. voodoo type thing, to my knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't until... The 30s, voodoo zombies, just like you said. Plague of the Zombie, what's that, 66? Two years before. Yeah. And then Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So, you could, I guess you could argue, I haven't seen Plague of the Zombies. Is that a Hammer film? Go down just a little bit, let me just see real quick. 
Hammer uh, Horror. Yeah, Hammer Horror, yeah. So I haven't seen that one. Does feature voodoo zombies, but they're not quite the same as the early. So their visual look is a little more what we've come, you know, what we would think of as an as a truly undead zombie. Right. However, Night of Living Dead, at least according to this quick, quickly researched article, is in fact the first dead rising from their grave attacking people. No, no reason at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I said I would. This is the zombie movie I would show people. I I I, I want to add in that a little bit. I would have to do a double feature. We'd watch this one so they could see how horrific they could be. But then I would have to admit we'd have to then watch Return of the Living Dead to show how fun they can be. Because I think that's worth mentioning. I don't want to be caught like, like you don't like Return of the Living Dead? He said Day of the Dead was the one you should. No, no, no I think I'd show them. I have to, I have to do a double feature for zombies. There's too, there's too many of them. Uh, but Return of the Living Dead, again, is, that's, more of a, <laughs> that's more of the comedy aspect of it where Day is like the world is over, people are shit. Save yourself. Just get out. Back from the grave get and ready out. to party. Exactly. Well, of course, we've got to, you know, for more info on that, go to the earlier, last year, 2018's Halloween <laughs> Horror, where we started this, because yeah. we basically, over the course of these films, have done a zombie evolution. Mm-hmm. We started with Return, uh, Part 1 and 2. What am I missing? Uh, Reanimator. Uh yeah, that was City in the Living like Dead. January or something like that. <laughs> City of the Living Dead. And then, of course, you know, we ended, you know, originally that zombie, Halloween Horror last year was, was zombie themed, and it was supposed to end with Day of the Dead. Because, you know, in terms of the story for the characters here, it's, that's pretty, they're done. You know, this is, this is their, you know, this is all they can do. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, 28 Days Later takes a kind of a cue from this one, uh, just in terms of just like that, you know, same kind of thing. If you have seen 28 Days Later, spoilers happening. You should watch it. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, inspire me to go get the camera that Danny Boyle used to make that to start making movies. Nothing of consequence, so don't worry about it. You're not missing anything good. But anyway, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, if you look at the plot, like the story progression of 28 Days Later, it it follows almost not the. I, I, honestly, there are scenes in it that you could say directly follow the Night Dawn Day trilogy. Mm-hmm. Starts off with him wondering what's going on, like, you know, like as akin to wandering through the cemetery, like, oh, there's a zombie. Oh, what's ha- what the hell's happening? Confusion. They end up in a grocery store for a little bit. That's a stretch, just to make my point. But in the end, where they at? They're at a military base. And who turns out to be the biggest fucking enemy? Doctor Who himself, Christopher Eccleston, the ninth doctor. <laughs> and then uh, just that melancholy ending. Uh, not as good as the original UK ending, which was pretty badass. Uh, I wish they would have, you know, uh, same thing with The Descent. They thought American audiences needed a happier ending, which, you know, it's a horror movie. It doesn't need to be happy. I should be surprised if a horror movie is a happy ending because I should always be expecting the worst. That's what makes it fun. Or, and you can't do that trope, you know, where it's like, oh, we made it. We made it. And then, ah, I woke up and I'm still dead. Or whatever, you know, that, that, that shit's getting tired. But anyway, so to wrap it up, Day of the Dead. Now, move on to the trivia, I should say. Hell of a film. Fantastic. Fun. Uh, get the kids out of the house before you watch it because of the effects. Uh, you know, this is, again, this is one that a TV version would be very, very difficult. You wouldn't know what was going on half the time. People would just disappear from the movie. Or you just hear, like, and a close up of their, you know, they do that, you know, like, uh, like uh, VHS used to do pan and scan. So they'd have to like do basically pan and scan to pan around the gore to have a TV version of this. Maybe not today, but of course back again in the 80s on like USA, TBS. I don't ever recall seeing Day of the Dead on that. 
again, mainly always would see uh, what you would call it remake of Night. So, Day of the Dead worth checking out. Score wise, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's get to the trivia real quick because there's actually some really interesting stuff. I thought this was hilarious and well worth it, I would think. All the extras who portrayed zombies in the climax received for their services a cap that said, I played a zombie in Day of the Dead, a copy of the newspaper from the beginning of the film, the one that says, The Dead Walk, and one dollar. I take that. These here? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, to work, I mean, to work on a, I mean, of course, at the time, you don't know it's iconic, but however, George A. Romero filmed most of, like, the original night was filmed in Pittsburgh, or around Pittsburgh. I think this one was filmed most, aside from the outdoor shots, were in, was it, which were in Florida. It was all filmed, like, basically in his hometown. So it was like, it was a, like most of the locals there played zombies in the original Night of the Living Dead. And then in, I don't care if Dawn was shot up there as well. I have to look it up. And in this one, so it was like, it was just kind of a local thing. You go to that town. I, I heard or I heard something like, you know, somebody was actually saying that. You go you go to that area and like people will say like, oh, you know, they see you wearing a, a day of this. Or, hey, I was a zombie in that. Like you, as you're walking down the street, like people, it was a big deal for that community. They all were behind their uh, you know, local hero, so to speak, of Romero, who's making these... You know, he's a filmmaker making these movies. So, but I take, you know, I mean, I take that hat. That's, yeah. you know, I, wonder, I wonder how much a, that hat is worth today to the right collector, of course. And if anybody still has it, because, oh, you know, you get a hat. Oh, I'm going to wear a hat. Let me put my hat on. Hats don't last forever. But eBay, eBay research. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a quick look. And, of course, I'm that, not saying anything. That has to be it, that middle one. Yeah, right. Obviously it. Uh, there. I don't think anyone's yeah. selling those on eBay. Try uh, just, just Googling Day of the Dead extra hat just to see what it looks like. Sure. Imagine it's probably a black hat and just says, I was, an, I was a zombie in Day of the Dead. Right, it's probably something of simple, simple. Why does he have a picture of these things? It's got to exist somewhere. If you have a picture, email it to asiavisit at gmail.com. There you go. Recruit the masses. Yeah. Because, yeah, we're not finding it. Yep. Again, I imagine it's probably, I mean, this we're talking about 85 here. It's, I'm sure it's not some big stitch graphic or anything. We I'm just not, need to travel down to Sanibel Island, uh, Florida. That's what you said it was, right? Well, that was the exterior shots. Oh, okay. So all the interior stuff was actually done in an underground facility that was not on a soundstage. It was shot in the Wampum Mine, a former limestone mine near Pittsburgh that was being used for an under, as, as an underground storage facility. Oh. It was a 2.5 million square foot mine. It is now currently operated as the Gateway Commerce Center, who now, called it a sub, who now call it a subsurface storage facility. Ben Wyatt, working. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, let's go up to Pittsburgh then and hit up all the garage sales. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. I mean, they must be. I mean, there's not a single picture of estate anything, sales so, I mean, or something like that, so they couldn't price it out. I mean, one they of just them, think it's a hat. Yeah. Somebody, find, yeah. You know, somebody has it in their attic where they just, oh, just threw it in a bin, uh, and then their grandfather passes away or whatever, and I don't want this shit. <laughs> you know, I'll give you a dollar for that hat. If anyone sees me on YouTube, by the way, I'm looking all around in different directions. I'm producing a show here. <laughs> Cut some slack, man. Yeah. But anyway, uh, strangely enough, I'd say, at least in my... Wait, was that going... I saw a hat. Oh, the very I mean, first thing. the same hat. Oh, so never. Sorry. Land, Land of the Dead. Dead. Not the same. No. But uh, this was the lowest grossing film in the original trilogy. Uh, of course, again, nevertheless, it is a, considered a cult film. Uh, probably 
you know, in terms of like the the definition of a cult film, it's probably the most cult of his original three because you know, Night and Day and Dawn has so many uh, not benefactors, but you know, such reverence to them. Where Day's usually like, oh yeah, and Day of the Dead's okay. You kind of you know, it's kind of an afterthought. But uh, like I said, I think it's, it's personally my favorite of the three. And Great minds think alike, though fools are seldom parted, but George A. Romero claims on the special edition DVD that it is also his favorite of the original Dead trilogy. Uh, I thought this, we were talking about sound effects earlier, music earlier, I think off screen, Jesse, but uh, the alarm sound heard in this film at the end is the exact same one from The Thing, in 19, uh, Carpenter's Thing, that is. And according to Laurie, Car Laurie Cardill, uh, the iconic beginning scene where she's dreaming and she stares at the calendar, the hands come out the wall, uh, great little jump scare there. The first time they attempted to shoot that scene, the zombie arms spring out of the wall and attack her, resulted in the fake wall and many of the actors behind it falling on top of her. Nevertheless, they ended up obviously completely rebuilding it, making it structurally sound and more stable to get the shot in the film. Though if you watch very closely, you can see the whole wall move, even though it's supposed to be brick. Clearly it's not. Uh, but hey, it's still a great effect, great scare, not talking shit about it. And although never confirmed, this is what I mentioned earlier, keeping your brains in the back of your gray matter, that uh, uh, Joe, um, not Joe, yeah, Joe, or Joe, Joseph uh, Pilato, who was Rhodes, was in Dawn of the Dead. It has been rumored by fans that the character he played in Dawn of the Dead is, in fact, Rhodes as a cop. Fans believe that Rhodes started as a cop, then later joined the army and became captain. Since no passage of time is given in the Dead films, it is very possible that years lapsed between Dawn and Day, and that the Rhodes character could have went from being a cop to an army captain. Again, this isn't, no, Romero didn't say this is so, it just happens, you know, the actor was in that as a cop, he's in this. It makes sense, it's, a, it's not like an outlandish theory, but it is not, you know, considered canon by any means. Uh, the first attempt to shoot the scene where Sarah performed surgery on Miguel's arm failed when it, the machete simply bounced off the rubber. Thankfully, nobody was hurt by a bouncing machete flying through the air. Wow. Uh, so Tom Savini remade it in wax and it worked perfectly as you can see in the film. Another brutal effect. The dude's laying there and she just runs in the arm. I mean, it's such, it's so well done because they know what a, Savini knows, you know, where the camera is, how to position the effect, holding the arm up, runs up and just chops it off. And it should, you know, hit, and then hit the stunts in there moving and bleeding all over the ground. Fantastic. Again, one of the, for its time, just like, ugh. I mean, you know, Faces of Death was around this time, maybe mid eighties. I don't know exactly. But you know, Faces of Death, half of, some of the stuff in Faces of Death was fake, some of it was real. And they, they don't tell you, so you don't know. But the effects in this movie look more real than anything in Faces of Death, including the real things to me. So uh, truth sometimes is not stranger or more horrific than fiction. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Uh, the blood entrails used uh, for the, in the disavowing of Captain Rhodes were real. Uh, pig intestines and blood were procured from a nearby slaughterhouse and used to make the scene. However, they stored them in a refrigerator on set. Oh. It so happened, though, that the refrigerator malfunctioned. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. It was accidentally unplugged by custodial staff, and the entrails spoiled and caused most of those involved to become sick. In fact, Joe, I can't want to say Polito because that's my mother's maiden name, uh, Pilato, uh, would always comment before before he recently passed away how he could still like that smell. He could never get rid of it. He could still like anything uh, reminds him of it. He, can remember it. He, he, he smells it. Yeah, that's how that's how disgusting it was. Uh, the budget for the original script, I mentioned this at the beginning, I said the budget was $3.5 They originally was gonna, were going to give Romero $7 million. Under the stipulation, it needs to be an R-rated film. Uh, they said if you don't make an R-rated film, it's going to be unrated. 
With no limits on gore, your budget's going to be 3.5. And what did I say the budget was at the beginning of the episode? Not that. 3.5. Not 7, which is why we have an unrated slaughter gore fest here with these zombies. Uh, I mentioned Tommy Todd. Which is crazy, because this will be on TV. Like, at least cable TV. Yeah. I mean, the the well zombie from Walking Dead is as graphic. I mean, it's... I'm pretty sure when it splits, that was CG for the most part, from what I can remember. I ain't seen that episode in forever. Uh, you know, again, it's not quite as horrific. The blood isn't red, so they can get by, you know, uh, they get right. by the sensors. Like, uh, Dust Till Dawn, they were going to get an unrated version, or they weren't going to get, they were going to get an X. That's why the vampires in Dust Till Dawn, or, fr- excuse me, from Dust Till Dawn, so nobody nitpicks, you know, it's, it's from Dust Till Dawn, bro. Oh, uh, our good friend Ben, the Tasmanian Di- Devil, is on. Uh, Talk chatting with us on the stream. Yeah, that's what I was saying. If oh. I'm, if I look distracted, yeah, okay. I'm producing. So you left that a little while ago. Gotcha. But if you're what, if you have YouTube, which everyone does, you can go over search '80s revisited and make sure you subscribe because we need some subscribers. We need to change this name. Yeah. Right now it's Awesome Pots. You need to get changed to '80s revisited. Need some subs for that. So spread the good word, and '80s Jesus will smile upon you. That's right. Uh, ben says uh, he hopes, hopes to get hoped that we got his email. Got it, Ben. I uh, got it on my phone, ready to read. Uh, and I don't know, Ben. You, you, we're gonna have to have a talk one day. Um, you and Mission Impossible too. Is it because it was filmed in Australia? <laughs> I think we talked about it before. I don't remember. Refresh my memory. I'm, I'm going on 40 years old in a couple months, so my, my brain sucks now. Uh, but anyway, a uh, total of five scripts were written. Uh, for as Romero kind of wrestled with the concept and budgetary constraints of the film, the first draft was over 200 pages long. Thank God we didn't get that. Although, you know, I would have taken all the gore effects and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think I would want to spend that much time with these characters. Not saying, I, I think what we got was great for these characters. I don't think we needed too, too much more for what this film ended up being. Yeah. Uh, he later condensed the 200 pages down to 122. This is considered the true original script, and today copies of it have not come to light, however, though. This version was likely rejected because um, the uh, production company thought it was too expensive for it to produce, even with an R rating. Romero subsequently scaled down the scope of the script into a 165-page draft, often erroneously referred to as the original version, then condensed it again to a 104-page draft labeled the second version. Uh, so pretty much, I mean, he really spent a lot of time trying to get a good, solid script out of this. Hmm. But if you remember what I was saying about Dawn, Dawn of the Dead is two VHSs when he, he had his unrated cut, his director's cut. And again, I like Dawn of the Dead, not talking trash about it, but it's one of those films where you can cut out a good, you know, a good chunk of it and it's still, you're not missing anything. That's what a director's cut is for. You know, not necessarily just like, it's like Blade Runner. I mean, there's so many cuts of Dawn of the Dead these days that it's just like, which, you know, which one do you do? Just, just grab one and watch it. You know, grab the shortest one, is my opinion, and give it a watch. But anyway, so pretty much he got frustrated. He drastically altered the original, original story concept and ultimately produced shooting a, dra- a shooting draft that numbered only 88 pages, which is what we ended up with, which is great, because I think this film gets in, does its job, and gets out. You're free to go do whatever you want. Go watch Return of the Living Dead, watch Land of the Dead, whatever you <laughs> want to do. Watch another movie. There you go. Exactly. You don't have to, you know, uh, you want, you start dawn at supper, it's going to be, you know, getting pushed to midnight when it's, you know, you're finishing it up yeah. by that time. You need an intermission. Uh, but anyway, the zombie moaning, groaning, and growling, roaring, and feasting sounds happen to be played by the voice of talented actor Mark Dodson. Star Wars fans, you should know this person because he's also the voice of Salacious B. Crumb. 
Autumn's favorite Star Wars character, by the way. <laughs> they were not all done by sound effects. It was pretty much him doing all the noise. Sort of like, uh, who am I thinking of? Well, the voice actor that would do all the sound effects, too. I was going to say Mark Hamill, but that's not exactly what I'm thinking of. Uh, that just sound effects. Oh, uh, Michael, not Winslow. Wait, is it Winslow? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of, is he related to Carl? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Michael Winslow. That's what I say. Michael Winslow. Wait, I'm thinking Family Matters. No, wait. Okay, it is Michael Winslow. Yeah, Michael Winslow from, uh, Police Academy. Police Academy movies. Exactly. Got a whole series on those on our podcast. Go check those out if you want to hear what we think about that. Uh, there was a large problem with the scenes with, with the guns firing in the movie, as the blanks used would almost never be caught on film due to the camera's shutter. So Romero pretty much had to animate all of the guns, muzzle flashes in post-production. So what you can really tell when you're watching it, you can tell us that, like, it doesn't look bad, but you know that's not a real muzzle flash. Sure. Like, it's the, it's the Rambo, like, huge tracer bullet muzzle flash kind of thing. Well, I think the reason they do that is because the whole set wasn't lighting up, I guess. Probably. So you have to take up most of the frame with a light just to so people don't see it, how fake it is. Yeah. And then also, I did read, there was something I put in the trivia to read verbatim, but there was a lot, being, being that they were underground, they had a lot of issues with condensation and humidity. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the equipment and special effects wouldn't work either, so I don't know if that affected anything else in that regard, but yeah, so they had the hand animate them. Uh, unlike what they, no, I was thinking, you know, they, in V, they had the hand, hand animated the lasers in V, but it was like, in that episode we said it was like $100,000 a laser, mm-hmm. so they had to like, just show the laser, like the effect of the laser hitting something and not the laser beam going across the screen. <laughs> but anyway, Day of the Dead, I give it an 8. It's, like I said, it's my favorite zombie movie. Well, not my favorite zombie movie. It's probably my favorite Romero movie, for sure. And mm-hmm. definitely top three, top two zombie movie, probably. Depends on the criteria, because I don't consider 28 Days Later an actual zombie movie, because they're not zombies. They're not undead. They're still living. They're infected. They say in the movie. Yeah. And they often, you know, like, oh, yeah, they started running zombies at 28 Days Later. Like, they're not zombies. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can argue they're a type of zombie, but they're just insane fucking people. So I don't consider that a zombie movie necessarily. But if, if, you, if, if somebody said if you consider it a zombie movie, then that would be in the top, you know, then Day of the Day would probably be top three at that point. I don't know. Wow. I don't have to, I'd have to think about it. But a lot of, a lot of love for me for 28, for 28 Days Later. Uh, in the real world, the real horror movie about this, uh, July 19th, again, this released July 19th, 1985, on the same day as Day of the Dead released. U.S. Vice President George H.W. Bush announced that New Hampshire teacher Krista McAuliffe will become the first school teacher to ride a space shuttle on the Challenger. Mm. Little did anybody know at this point that that right. was not going to go too well. Well, it sounded like a good idea. Oh, it sounded it was a great idea. She was going to teach, you know, they were going to beam that to every classroom in America for teaching in space. Yeah. It was a big deal. That's why we sat in class watching it. Oh, I was trying to, what's happening here? What's happening? I'm confused. Is that you know, fireworks? Until 9-11, that was the biggest thing that ever happened to our right. generation. Yeah. It was a Challenger explosion. I remember exactly where you were. Still do. Sitting in Miss Watson, uh, Miss, actually, I, was, I think I was second grade and my teacher's name was Miss A because her last name was Abedinza Day. So she wanted everybody to call her Miss A because her last name was so long and so different. That was 86? 86. Yeah, Yeah, two days before my birthday. Thanks, God, for killing a teacher and all these people (laughs) in front of my eyes two days before my birthday. Actually, it wasn't God that did it. It was some piece of foam, some inanimate foam that fell off and chipped an O-ring. Horrible disaster. Like, actually horrific. 
Uh, in fact, that if you look, well, I mean, they, they can't see, but on the, the famous shot of it exploding, like splitting, there's a little tiny thing going off under the main explosion. Oh, oh, oh I see what you're saying. And that is actually the cab, like the, the shuttle, like the, the cockpit of the shuttle being blown yeah, apart. Any one of these, let's see. There it is. Yeah. So that little, like, kind of streak right under that big streak on, on your camera, Jason. This one? Uh, under that one. Oh, this? That's like, uh, it's either that one, it's one of those on that side. I'm not that morbid to, like, point out. <laughs> it's just, I just didn't, I read that somewhere. I thought that was exceptionally interesting that in the explosion, like, you look at the actual NASA, like, high resolution photo, you can, like, see, like, the, that it's the cockpit. Oh, wow. You know, they say that, you know, uh, so if I had, like, a parachute attached, it would. <laughs> possibly. But, uh, that's, that's all, like, the big, uh, the horrific thing about it, aside from the fact that they all perish, is that there's no real consensus as to when they died. They, right. you know, some people, like, you know, the, the shuttle the, it being intact, falling, uh, from that height, you know, you, you, terminal velocity, you could pass out. They, I mean, they would have had their suits on, so they would be getting oxygen and everything. So, you know, nobody, I don't, I have to go read the Wikipedia article again, uh, but it's either, you know, some people think some of them died in the explosion, that some of them died during the fall. So, or, you know, the impact hit, obviously the impact is incredible from that height. Uh, so it's highly likely they drowned because of course all space shuttles take off over the ocean in case something like this happens, which right. only happened, well, on takeoff or launch only happened once. Uh, and then there was, what was it, Columbia? The one that broke apart? I think it was Columbia. Right. Like we're, because that's what was the big thing about the heat, the, uh, heat shield or whatever, where it broke apart on re-entry because of like one panel missing, which is terrifying. Horrible. Let me look up a shuttle disaster. What was the shuttle NASA, NASA's worst moments podcast? Yeah. Classic NASA blunder. No, absolutely horrible. Because I remember the big deal after that one was they started like, you know, they would, it would be breaking news when the the next shuttle that went up after that one, it was breaking news when they were expecting the, inspecting the heat panels and like, they thought they saw a cracked one and like they were like live repairing of the space shuttle. Oh wow. You know, like, cause I mean, obviously they knew it, they knew exactly what it did. It's in, in both of these disasters, it was the tiniest, I say tiniest, I mean a big chunk of foam fell off. Yeah. You know, but I mean like, you know, it, it hit one thing and you think like this thing, that piece of foam caused that horrific thing. One little, you know, crack in a, in a solar panel on the bottom of the shuttle caused that. It's just like, yeah, yeah I'm good with space travel. I'll wait, I'll wait till the, the Millennium that's Falcon exists. That's why it's private now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust those people either. <laughs> but anyway, back to the future, as we kind of hinted out, as I hinted out earlier. Uh, watch the first episodes of the Creep Show, uh, Revival, oh, you say Revival, I guess, or the new, I mean, there wasn't a Creep Show show before, so the Creep Show show on Shudder, which I highly recommend. The first two episodes, the first one's uh, got some great practical effects. Uh, Adrian Barbeau was in it. It was actually an adaptation of a Stephen King story called Gray Matter, which I've mentioned a couple times. Uh, and also Tobin Bell was in it. And uh, oh, what's his name? Giancarlo Esposito. Sounds right. Best fringe from Breaking Bad. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I got really close to his name. Uh, but a great cast. In that, uh, that, well, they're, they're, they're doing what I was worried about. I knew it was like 12 episodes. But... Of course, remember the creep show movies because there's only two. There's not three. There's not a third one. I don't think there's a third one because the third one is garbage. It's not even creep show. But uh, you know, it's been you know, it's little short stories. You know, I think the first one had four, and then the second one had three. Right? They both had four. I remember. It's been a while. But October's coming up. I'm about to watch both of them again, so I'll let you know. Uh, but anyway, so the TV show. You know, it's a, each episode. You know, this week is an hour long. 
but it's still two little episodes. Well, it was actually 45 minutes, I think, one a full hour, so it was still like little, little quick watch things, not, I didn't want to be Black Mirror length episodes. Because uh, I, I like the, basically, again, in regards to Day of the Dead, get in, tell your story, yeah. get out. Yeah. You don't, you don't, we don't need a, a whole lot of stuff there. You know, some, some stories weren't that, absolutely. The stories on Creepshow that are telling, it's a perfect, it's a perfect format. It's a good, uh, it's a good way to tell these short little horror stories. And the first two, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for the next one. You know, I, I like, I like how uh, Shudder does, and uh, other streaming services might do it too. Uh, but it's not just like, oh, all the, watch the whole, binge the whole season, season now. It's right. they release an episode this week. They release an episode next week. Uh, that's what they did when Joe Bob came back for the last drive-in every Friday night. He would start at eight o'clock, and you're you're you know that's the nostalgia there is is real for a variety of reasons. But also, what's awesome now is that there's like so many apps to where you know back in the day, Monster Vision would come on on TNT uh, at like ten or whatever. They'd have they they put it they start that movie at eight for your parents to watch, and at ten like Monster Vision starts at ten with host Joe Bob Briggs, and then. You know, so you're what you know you you have to watch it then you have you know only the rich people had TiVo back then in the early '90s and everything you know so it's like you had to watch it then but you you were also watching it with millions of other people you know at the same time but it wasn't a shared experience in terms of like until after the fact like the next day at school did you watch Monster Vision last oh man I never saw that movie before etc etc but now uh, there's some great groups on Facebook uh, for like Joe Bob Briggs and other stuff like that uh, to where uh, I forget the name of the app. There was some other app. I only used it like a couple of times, uh, but you know, you know, it's just a, it's basically just like a Twitch chat room or anything. But it's everybody watching whatever you know Joe Bob's talking, you know, whatever the movie of the week is, movies of the week are because week are because he does too. The last so, drive-in, yeah, with Joe Bob Briggs on Shutter. But that, there, but there's that. It's not a specific app to that. It's just a, uh, it was some like group chat app that somebody in the Facebook oh, group okay. said, okay, the group watch, you know. Joe Bob starts at this time. Here's like the Slack. It might be Slack. It was, it was like one. It was a one-word name, kind of like Slack, that. Slack, probably. It might have been that. It's but, a popular one. But you just log in and like, and it's everybody just chat, like live chatting. But at, we're all watching the same thing live, but we're sharing the experience now as it's happening. Now, like again, you release everything. You can binge it. Yeah, that's cool. You can watch. Oh, it's so good! I want to see the next episode. Boom, 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 boom. I'm done. Then you talk about everything the next day with a whole bunch of people and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, so actually that's the exact group that I'm in. That's a Slack, yeah. Yeah, so it's Slack. Okay, cool. Uh, but I mean, you know, uh, the new Joe Bob's coming out with a new season next month, just in time for October. He also did like the Thanksgiving special, the uh, Christmas special with all the phantasms. But again, it's now he's not he's not literally live. Like they're pre-recorded, mm-hmm. you know, just like the old Monster Vision. Uh, but but nobody is watching it outside of the people who made it until it airs live on Shutter via stream at eight o'clock on a Friday night, and then you log on to Slack. You know, oh, it's, oh they're talking about you know Street Trash or whatever movie movie of the week is. Oh, I've actually visited that spot or like you know it just it's just a uh, it's like being in a theater, but you know you're not distracted except by what you want or, you know, yeah. basically to you look down. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of at your, it's at your leisure. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you know, like, uh, some of the movies I hadn't seen. So I'm watching them. And then when it, after Joe Bob does his interlude, cause that's really why we're watching these movies to see what Joe Bob says about them between them and all that stuff. And then it's like, okay, back to the, like, Oh, like, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's just, but we are chatting. It's like you're in a room full of people watching the same movie 
at the at the same time. But again, it's the scope is worldwide, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, hey, you want to come spend the night and we'll watch Monster Vision or we'll watch, you know, I'll rent Halloween four and Friday Thirteenth six or whatever and blah blah blah. You know that shared experience. Oh my God, that was great. Blah blah. blah. But you know now it's just all right here, and you know you can I can be home alone. Autumn can be in bed, and I'm watching whatever horrible movie Joe Bob has us watching. But I'm having a good time talking to strangers at that as well. But like-minded individuals, sure. And it's just you know I like that aspect because that also going back to what I was talking about about nostalgia, how TV used to be to where if you want to watch a new episode of Family Matters, you got to tune in the TGIF at seven o'clock, yeah. or you're not going to see it. Maybe yet we didn't know we'd ever see it again. You have to catch the reruns. You know, all we knew was like maybe eventually when we're old, Nick at night will play Family Matters, and I can see old episodes on that. Yeah, but the idea you'd have, you know, the idea of a TV series like a weekly series with hundreds of episodes being on VHS, like here's my Family Matters closet, here's my Full House closet with the VHS, mm. and the, you get all the seat, you get every episode in the VHS, and it makes a gigantic picture of like the Tanners or something, mm. those kind of things. You know, so that was just like unheard of. Yeah. And then, oh, DVD comes out. Holy crap, you can put a movie on a CD? That's way more, con- or, you know, or a digital versatile disc. Uh, you know, that's way more convenient. These, you know, it can't get eaten by the machine and all that. And, oh, it's really fucking expensive, though. And now, you know, I got how many movies have I got in my fucking keychain right here? You know? You got like, yeah. sorry. <laughs> you know, this, this little thing, I got like 12 movies on here in HD. Backups of ones that I own. Wink. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not winking. Jesse winked. <laughs> you know, so we just like, it's, you know, we had, but then we, at that time, we had no idea of that. Yeah. So, you know, it's like we never thought we'd see some of this stuff again. Like, uh, in fact, there is an online archive of like all the old Monster Visions because you can't get, you know, Joe Bob's commentary on that kind of stuff. You know, same thing, like, uh, for example, Va- Vampira, way back in the, uh, I guess, early 60s, maybe. Uh, like there's no like like she had a show that was very popular for a, a little bit and there's like hardly any footage left of it because of the time when it was like there's just a, like just some stuff a few little like a copy of the intro without audio or something like that and that's like it but uh, a lot of our stuff is preserved because it was recorded on television uh, you know so that can that can be resurrected so to speak uh, on another you know any kind of format and stuff like that but uh, I can't remember how I got on this tangent. <laughs> but uh, you know, well, just the the fact of I like. Bottom line is I like the idea of releasing something weekly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, creep show. It's like it was supposed to be released at a certain time tonight. So, but I mean, it's not streaming. You mean you can watch? You could watch it at any time, obviously. Yeah. With Joe Bob, it was like Joe Bob goes live, or you know, goes live at eight, and it's streaming. Now, a couple of days later, you can watch it at any time. But it's not just like oh. It's up. I can watch it whenever. No, if you come in at eight thirty, you miss the first thirty minutes. Yeah. So now again, of course, is that really convenient? No. No. But it, everyone's talking. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it, but it's like I have to. I have to be at, in front of my television at eight o'clock. I made sure we had Violet in bed. I had my shower. I had my alcoholic beverage and snacks ready to go, so that at eight o'clock, I'm sitting there and ready to watch. Yeah. Haven't done that in. <laughs> 10 years oh, wow. maybe longer than that you know where it used to be like I gotta see what happens with Steve Urkel and what hijinks the Tanner kids get into on TGIF <laughs> right. I gotta go hang with Mr. Cooper 
you know, if you met, I, you had to watch Saturday Night Live at 11 p.m. on Channel 3 on Saturday night, or you missed it, unless you happen to catch the rerun. Yeah. You know, next day, did you see Saturday Night Live when Bar Charles Barkley uh, played basketball with Barney? No, I, I missed it. <laughs> I never thought I, you know, I'm never going to see it now. You know, that kind of, you know, they don't, they don't rebroadcast it. They didn't rebroadcast it. <laughs> you, know, it was, you, you, you saw it or you missed it. Thankfully now, if you don't catch it when it's live, in Joe Bob's case, you can catch it later. Yeah. But you're going to miss just that that sense of community of, I'm watching this with a whole bunch of other people and we're having a great, you know, it's just that communal thing that you don't get from binging something over a weekend and talking yeah. about it Monday. There's still a live appeal. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I, the, that's the reason we're doing this right now, live. There you go. <laughs> I mean, now do I want everything to go back that way? Absolutely not. But right. I like that there are some options. And I, don't, I, I do not have to watch Joe Bob Live. I can watch it the next day at my leisure and you know, pick up wherever I want to pick up or whatever, you know, doesn't mm -hmm. matter. But it's again, it's just like the live aspect. There's something about that. I don't, I don't think a lot of people, younger people care because they've never had to deal with that. Yeah. Well, Twitch crowds would uh, tell otherwise. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, that's what's kind of funny about Twitch yeah. is it's like almost a step backwards in that regard. Yeah. Because uh, again, I'm not on Twitch, so I mean, doesn't it like it doesn't keep all your videos, right? It's like a it does for some amount. It's of like time. a time thing. So like, if you if you if it's not like YouTube, to where like I can go watch anybody I subscribe to, I can go back to the beginning and watch everything. Right. But so Twitch is like Twitch is it'll a keep certain it for time about frame. a month. Okay. Unless you're partnered with Twitch, then they'll keep it forever. Mm, so you gotta you basically have to be the cream of the crap crop. Yeah. <laughs> Slip of the tongue there. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. I mean, again, I uh, wish I could have said I saw Rambo. Joker starts next week. Hopefully I can catch that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Creepshow TV show, perfect timing. I love it when scary shit comes out into September, into October, because that's the window that you should release that stuff. Yeah. Don't release Crawl in the middle of summer about an alligator <laughs> killing people when that movie would kill in the fall. Yeah. Because it's still hurricane season in the fall. Yes, they weren't from around here. They weren't. <laughs> Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's on. I was hoping to have that watch too because it's on on uh, on demand now. So, want to check it out. But anyway, so finally, the nail in the zombie coffin for Halloween Horror 2018. So that only leaves Halloween Horror 2019 next week. You got a whole year to order. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, who gives a fuck at this point? <laughs> we do, in all honesty. But yeah, so next week we will actually go right. You know, never thought this would happen. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, some things work out for the better. So you yeah. just get more horror at one time from your favorite 80s podcast. Because there's a lot of them. But I know we're your favorite because you're the ones listening. Yeah, because you made it to this point. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, just a few more things before we get to the emails. Uh, so next next week we'll be starting uh, Halloween Horror. I haven't made – I usually make a fun graphic to share. Haven't got to that yet. I have all the art. I have all the artists. I don't know what I want to do with it to present it. But it will be Horror Sequelitis, the mm -hmm. sequel. So that's that's kind of the, okay. Everything will be a sequel that we have not covered. Now I want to do all twos. So here's the only spoiler you're getting. I want to do all twos wow. and number twos, <laughs> which I could easily have done. However, since we broadcast on a Thursday, the last Thursday of October is in fact Halloween. Oh. So I would be remiss <laughs> not to do one of the two, or excuse me, uh, oh no, one of the two Halloween films that we haven't done that took place in the 80s on the very day. True. So there's your only spoiler for Halloween Horror Month This as to what as to one of the sequels uh, on Halloween will be. 
I'll be with you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, like us on uh, like us on YouTube, which is currently Awesome Pods. Subscribe so on uh, yeah, YouTube.com/slash/AwesomePods, uh, or just go to YouTube.com, search '80s Revisited. We'll You'll find up. us. You'll see the logo. The sweet-ass 80s S Trapper Keeper logo. That's right. I guess he did. Uh, and then, of course, on Instagram, 80s underscore revisited. You can't change your Instagram name, can you? Uh, certainly something you can Google. <laughs> I'll have to do that because I'm a noob yeah. when it comes to that. I swear I, I couldn't get 80s like one word because it was taken, so that's why I'd throw the underscore in there. Because mm. I usually hate having to do that, but... You know, desperate times call for desperate measures when you're in more 80s revisited pod or podcast or I don't know. We'll see. I will research it. That's true. So check us out there. Send emails to 80s revisited uh, at <laughs> underscore <laughs> at gmail.com. Well, there's no underscore in that. Is oh, no. I, I, mean, I, was, I said 80s revisited underscore oh, instead right. of at because gotcha. of the whole underscore discussion on Instagram. Forgive me, my Instagram foo is weak. <laughs> but anyway, uh, check out our good friends at the Something Something Podcast Network, Ben the Tasmanian Devil, Wyatt. Also got his email to read in just a second. But also, don't forget to check out also on YouTube, iHeart Board Games, and on Twitch, our good and Twitch as well for iHeart Board Games. And also, yeah. our good friend and wife of Jesse, Melissa Sings, on Twitch as well. So yeah. we are on Twitch. Twitch. I might take on. this party to Twitch eventually. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Do our damnedest. Um, Things are in motion. Let me find where my email is. I'm sorry, guys and girls. Let me see here. I had to make sure that Trey shows up every week before yeah, I start Before we do on. that. <laughs> so, But we're working on it for sure. So uh, Ben says, let's see, Day of the Dead. Hey, guys, I just finished watching Day of the Dead and thought it was pretty good. Awesome. It was my second Romero only after seeing Land of the Dead at the cinema. Land of the Dead was the only one I ever saw at the cinema. Because, mm. of course, this was 85. Ain't no way in hell my parents would take me to see this. <laughs> or I'm sure, and again, an unrated film... You pretty much, if you were a kid and somebody saw you in that, like you're getting kicked out. Yeah. Because they they know you're. It's not like you're. Oh, this kid could be 17. Their parent could have brought him in. No, when it's unrated, you you had to like be a ninja and like unseen, like hiding where nobody could see you in the theater. Because mm. that's a dead giveaway. Like, no, you cannot be in here. You are a child. Get the hell out of here. Dead giveaway. You said it's a dead giveaway. Yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I, I was intentional. An intentional fun. So he says, uh, is there any actual connect conti uh, continuation between any of the films? We kind of talked about that. You know, I mean, it's the same universe, and that's roughly about it, aside from the fan theory that Rhodes might be the same one from character from Dawn into Day. That's about it. So you're not missing anything. Uh, it sure felt like the viewer was meant to know who the crew out on the scouting mission at the beginning of the film were. I mean, it does kind of play that way. Like, oh, maybe, like, especially coming into it, not maybe seeing the other ones, I could definitely see that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing there. You're not missing anything. Well, not, you, you're not, so you're not, you know exactly what everybody else knows. Also, fuck that guy yelling down a megaphone. Hello, is there anybody here continually for the first <laughs> few minutes? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, we opened with that, Ben, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob the Zombie, uh, Bob, see, see, uh, same thing. See, Bob. proof that it sounds like, I swear to God, it might Bob. say, it might say Bub. Those motherfuckers are saying Bob. I swear to God, because he even says Bub. Uh, I'm sorry, he says Bob. Bob the Zombie is definitely the highlight of the movie for me. Everything that, that character, involving that character is pretty great, I thought. I agree. Uh, other highlights was the soundtrack. Excellent. Uh, and obviously the gore when things eventually go to shit. I'm surprised it took so long for the base to get over in with, uh, with the zombies. That's all for me this week. P.S. Mission Impossible 2 fucking rules. <laughs> go to hell, man. Get over it. I'm not changing my opinion of that movie. That's a sign-off. <laughs> it's a good one. I'll give him that. It's definitely a good one. 
Appreciate the email, my friend Ben. I'm a horrible friend for not emailing you, you know, on your podcast. <laughs> uh, at least I can admit it. Oh, I guess. You're too good for this world and this podcast, <laughs> Ben. Love you, my friend. But uh, then UK Lee, still a listener. Yeah. I heard from Pete last week. Uh, but uh, UK Lee says, hey, it's been a while, but I'm glad you're both back. I've been checking podcasts almost daily since January and was pleased Ouch. to see Friday the 13th. How much is, how many days of disappointment was that like you know, watching that little thing spin? Right. Uh, uh, uh. Mm. <laughs> He's like, there's not an episode by the end of the year. I'm going to yeah. fucking kill myself. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not battling with depression. It's a serious issue. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, just probably the fun. I was pleased to see the Friday the 13th episode pop up. I know you were busy with your daughter and work and everything, so I we just waited patiently until the next episode and was well worth it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, haven't been up to much recently. Had a few vacations around Europe. That's it? You just That's had a it? few vacations around yeah. Europe? Must be nice Casual. to live in Europe. Well, when you live in Europe, it's easier to yeah. get there, I guess. That's the point. <laughs> but no, there's plenty of nice things to see in the States, but it's just like there's not that much culture. No, you can't, you know, hop through the two uh, of the channel and be in Paris yeah. from London and like, you know, similar culture, but I mean, but very different. I mean, you know, I mean, there's different than from Paris. You hop on a train, you could be in Brussels, you could be in Belgium, you can be in well, Brussels is in Belgium. No, Brussels is Brussels is a is separate country, or is it a no? Yeah, right. Okay, making sure. Stick to your. Um, I've been out of school for a long off. time with geography. You know, you hop a train, you be in Poland, you be in Germany. You know, with uh, that's what's. You know, that's what I envy about, you know, our European listeners and all that. You know, y'all can, there's so much different things to experience. Uh, yeah, capital of Belgium. Because Van Damme is from yeah. Brussels. Because he is the, the muscles, muscles from Brussels. From Brussels. <laughs> uh, you know, so, anyway, and there's, there's again, I'm, I don't know if that's the same. You know, let me know, Lee and uh, Strange Woman are in the background. No, our YouTube watchers would see that, yeah. <laughs> Quietly. Quietly walking through, but ding. no one can see that ding, on the ding, podcast ding, ding, on ding, iTunes. Ding, 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 ding. Was that was that Melissa Sings? Yeah, I think it was. Secret cameo. Mm -hmm. We should get rated now because we have <laughs> Melissa Sings on here to promote our, our podcast. Only for on Twitch. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, anyway, uh, all I'm getting at, Lee, is uh, you know, it's just like I think it, I, that's I think from an American perspective, that's fucking awesome. Because oh yeah, we yeah. Went, you know here we say yeah I went to I went to Biloxi. Well, or that's I went very, to Destin. I went very to Houston. To here, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, we still have something like Grand Canyon. And oh, well, yeah, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's like so far so away. Far. But you can, you know, in your, if you're in Europe, you can take a day trip to Scotland. I mean, excuse me, if you're in, if you're in the UK, right? Uh, for Lee, forgive me. I know you took mention of where you were, but I, I don't remember. But I mean, you know, if you're in the UK, you I mean you can go across yeah. Ireland, you can go up to Scotland, visit Nessa, you can hop in the channel, like I said, go to Paris. It's just a lot easier to go to some really different and exotic places whereas here because americans are shitty uh you know uh i mean again grand canyon new york city chicago west coast east coast hey, right. gulf coast uh, you can even drive to germany in a day yeah there's so much cool shit i mean you can literally hop on a train and just go you know go through all these amazing places wow that's why when the one time we were able to go there for my brother's wedding, it's like, okay, we are doing as much as we can because everything is right here. <laughs> you know, I will pay 200 bucks to get a plane ticket to go see this. And then, because I don't know when I'm going to ever be over there again. Maybe yeah. never. Hopefully. Never know. You never know what life takes you. you yeah. know, but we will go back till the uh, UK tour, I think. Oh, yeah. 
2027. Well, it's unplanned. <laughs> pending. Yeah, pending. <laughs> Get us some more listeners, Lee and Pete. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, bottom line is, Lee, I think that's fucking awesome. Uh, mainly just work, sleep, work, sleep. So I haven't really uh, gotten anything interesting to say, though. I'd email you, let you know I'm both still listening, which we appreciate greatly. Because now I know that if, whenever we go to the UK, between you and Pete, we got somewhere to stay. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> Hopefully, I would write that thing about the person, right. about me being that person who didn't want to sleep on your couch at night. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he goes on to say, Jason Takes Manhattan was the main one, which was on TV a lot here in the UK. But when me and a friend were teenagers, Jason Lives was our favorite. Excellent. Uh, looking forward to your coming episodes. All the best, Lee. Well, Lee, I'm happy to say that for the for a consistent three weeks, oh. you have a new episode of Age Visited. Assaulting eardrums. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that will continue. Like Jesse said, you know, we're working on a couple of different things, just uh, kind of seeing what we're going to do just to make it, you know, as easy and uninterruptible as possible. Uh, this time frame seems to be working pretty good so far, yeah. knock on wood. Uh, provided you know, nothing comes up, we should be able to continue pretty regularly. Mm. Maybe me from my house and Jesse from here. We don't know. We're just, that's one of the things we're kind of working on just to make it, if I can't make it over here, we could pick something up. Do something like that. So a lot of fun ideas coming. We're still, you know, despite the huge gap, I mean, you know, still invested in it. Again, we're not, we don't make money on this. We don't plan to make money on this. Would be nice. Don't get me wrong. I wish this was a full-time job because then right. we would have a whole bunch. We would have 80s. Tons of time. 90s, 2000s, yeah. revisited, music, true. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. But, you know, but that's, that's 80s what. 80s on Thursday, 90s on Friday. There you go. Yeah. So if you want that, <laughs> go talk to Jeff Bezos. Right, yeah. I mean, what's a million bucks to him? <laughs> I'm just saying, before Bernie Sanders takes it all in those taxes, <laughs> he, could, he could fund an entire podcast network oh, at true. Infinium with that. But anyway, nevertheless, that's what I think separates our podcast. I mean, even if we were making money, I don't think there would be too much of a difference, except in terms of just quantity. Right. I don't think it would hurt the quality, because we've done over 200 episodes of this, this particular podcast. Uh, yeah. Because right now we're using an overhead mic. If you're watching on YouTube, you know that because we don't have mics in front of our faces. But if I do this, maybe it doesn't sound as good. <laughs> so, but anyway, all I was getting at was that, you know, this is something that we do because we like to do it, find it fun. And it's fun to talk. I hope that comes through to all the listeners old and new that no matter how much money we make, it'll always be about the fans. That's right. Flash forward like a year, like we're in suits and glasses, like <laughs> cigars. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm not even gonna talk about a movie today. <laughs> You're just gonna watch me smoke this obscenely long cigar for two hours with a yeah. hundred dollar bill. Where the Monopoly man at that point? Yeah. <laughs> his name? What's his name? Like, uh, uh, Penny Bags. Uh, I, think, I think money. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's not Warbucks because that's. Uncle Pennybags, something like that. Something like that. Anyway, everybody, we will hopefully see you on the next episode. I'm not going to jinx it. Not going to say when, but we'll see Rich you next time as we start Halloween Horror 2019, sequelitis to sequel. So until next time, I remain, hopefully, Trey Harris. <laughs> Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga!